Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, we talked about this back in April when uh, the carbon tax went into effect. Many were questioning uh, if in the middle of a pandemic was a good time to do all of this. Uh, and the Canadian Taxpayers Federation has the same concern. Ottawa's carbon tax hike out of step with the global reality. To talk more about all of this, the federal director, uh, Aaron Woodrick, is with us. Aaron, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. So uh, Justin Trudeau uh, went ahead with the carbon tax increase uh, April 1st. Other jurisdictions didn't. Uh, talk about that a bit. Expand on that. Yeah, I mean, we did this as part of our uh, every year we do a report on, right before the May long weekend on the price of gas. And, of course, carbon tax is a big factor in that. And this year we thought we'd look at uh, what other countries have been doing in response to the COVID crisis. And we found that there's actually only one other country we could find in Ireland where they raised their carbon tax. Every other jurisdiction uh, either froze or reduced their carbon taxes for the simple reason that they were looking for ways to to give relief to their population. So we just we wanted to highlight the fact that we are actually uh, quite an outlier on this front uh, when it comes to raising taxes in the middle of a pandemic. And even provincially, the opinions are different on this. That's right. Even British Columbia, which uh, has got an NDP government and is often held up as this sort of uh, you know the brass ring when it comes to carbon taxes in Canada, they froze their tax. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, they froze their tax. So uh, really, again, Justin Trudeau really sort of uh, going in a very different direction than just about everybody else. On What about other parts of the world? Yeah, uh, European Union, uh, they have a cap-and-trade system uh, for which the price has dropped. So, uh, you know, any jurisdiction that has emissions trading has seen the price drop, so that has meant that uh, prices have gone down. Uh, and as well, uh, you know, places like Norway, for example, which another country that's held up as a, as a climate change leader, uh, they reduced their carbon tax uh, over there as well. Uh, Justin Trudeau says this is the time to push forward uh, with this sort, with these sorts of initiatives that, well, the economy and everything is a standstill. When we fire it back up, we should think about how we fire it back up. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, one, I think uh, raising taxes when people can least afford it is always a bad idea. And the other point, you know, there are some people that really want to, uh, for lack of a better word, exploit the situation to advance things that they have wanted all along. I think that's a dangerous way to think about this uh, crisis. I think any measures we're taking right now uh, from any direction should be about getting people back to where they were before the crisis hit and not about trying to, uh, to reshape and change things which is, you know, is essentially taking advantage of the situation. So how do you think COVID-19 will change the discussion on climate change? Because, again, as you're saying, uh, the economies of the world are, are, are pretty much uh, on hold right now. Uh, many are saying this is the opportunity to push forward with this. See, look at the pollution. Look what we've done here. We can make great strides if we just keep blocked up, I guess. Well, look, I, I think there's a, people don't have their eye on the ball here. I think what, what this crisis has taught us is that you know, climate change is not the only threat we face. Um, and also, it is a, it is a longer-term threat. I, it is very difficult to get people to think about something like climate change if they can't put food on the table. And for the people who up until now have been happy to, you know, there has been funding of all sorts of measures. Um, money is going to be in short supply after this, Scott. We're going to have a, a record-setting deficit that's going to dwarf anything we've seen in our lifetime. So the idea that there's going to be extra money lying around for, for these projects that are not central to what government does, I think it's going to be a very tough sell just because, as I said, uh, people need to put food on the table, pay their rent, uh, and get basic things out of the way first. 
Aaron, I remember reading something in the last week or so, uh, and this has been used a lot, I guess, through this pandemic, that this is the first crisis of a privileged generation that we've perhaps been spending the last decade or two uh, dealing with perhaps more fashionable issues that, as you said, are, are certainly priorities, but not the biggest priority. Uh, you know, and, and ignoring the, uh, the issues that aren't as fashionable, like healthcare or, or old folks' homes or seniors' uh, care and such. Do you think this is going to, as a society, change our perspective on what is important and what isn't? Again, not that this isn't important, but again, it seems healthcare jobs and the economy have always been uh, the, the standard top three things for the public, but government just doesn't seem to recognize that. Yeah, I, I certainly hope it does. I hope it causes us to refocus on, you know, the things that government needs to do that are its, its top priority. Look, uh, a columnist, uh, you know, had a great line saying governments in this country for a long time have been chasing butterflies. It's a, it's a yeah. fun thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, you think about what is the government's core job? Keeping people safe. Security is, is a core function of government. And I'm not saying they should have been able to predict everything about this pandemic. I think that's asking too much. But we were not prepared. And it's clear we were slow out of the gate. And maybe, just maybe, if government hadn't been distracted by a thousand other things, they might have been able to function, you know, focus a little bit more on maybe the less sexy but more important stuff, uh, like pre- prevented, preventing a, a crisis like this pandemic. Any indication from where you're sitting on how this discussion is going to go moving forward? Does this whole discussion have more steam or does it have less steam in the sense that uh, we're, we're at least looking at all angles now, not just listening to everyone that speaks up and gets our attention on social media? Yeah, look, I, I think we're, we're still, uh, we're still, believe it or not, near the beginning of this. Uh, I think it's going to be a long time before we get back to anything resembling normal. And it is going to be interesting as we get out of the immediate health crisis and we start to, uh, you know, deal with the consequences of the economic crisis, um, you know, where people's minds are at then. I think that is uh, going to be a very important discussion and, uh, you know, it's going to be a very important debate that we need to have. Aaron Woodrick has been with us, Federal Director of Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Their latest article, Ottawa's Carbon Tax Hike Out of Step with Global Reality. Aaron, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. Same to you, Scott. Thanks. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.